for being here this evening. My name is Kevin Conover. I'm your host on Educate for Life Radio. We're broadcasting down here in Southern California on KPraise 1210 AM and FM 106.1 in North County. And, uh, you know, my family just recently, my, my wife and my son uh, over the summer got the opportunity to go down to Peru. Uh, pretty incredible. Um, and they came back with all kinds of photos. They, they were serving, um, doing some missionary work down there. And um, I got to meet Rick Riemann, um, who works with Suru Fujio, and, um, and I just thought it was so awesome. I just wanted him to be able to have the opportunity to share his story. He has an incredible testimony of how God has brought him to Christ. And then just the, the work that they're doing down there. I, I had no idea the amount of poverty down in Peru and uh, in different parts of Peru and uh, just uh, the pictures and, and so forth that my wife brought back and just the great need. Um, if you're living in, you know, uh, Western civilization and, and many parts of the world, we have an overabundance of goods. It's amazing the amount of uh, resources we have. And it's so important that we're aware that so many parts of the world um, don't have these resources are in, and are in desperate need of help and um, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, Rick, thanks for being with us this evening. Well, you are welcome. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for offering me this opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to start off just by people having a, an opportunity to hear a little bit about your story, um, just how you came to Christ, a little bit of background about you. I think a lot of times um, people are um, intimidated by missions. You know, they might be thinking to themselves, ah, that, that, that's too hard. That's for somebody else. That's not for me. Um, I'm not I'm not spiritual enough to be that kind of a person. Um, you know, I don't have the resources or I don't want to be uncomfortable, whatever it is. And I think a lot of people have these questions about missions that go unanswered and they're just not aware of because they don't get to speak to somebody um, with the amount of experience. So how long now have you been um, involved in missions? Well, for the last 15 years, I've been on three continents, 10 countries, uh, 15 trips and I, it's been the love of my life. Kevin, I, uh, my, my story is one that 28 years ago, um, I was a prodigal and I came back to the Lord Jesus Christ, having been in the world, uh, doing many things in the world that just took me to the depths of despair. And as I looked up into the hills from whence cometh our help, uh, the Lord was there for me. And so he, is re he renewed me. He regenerated it and he actually retooled me in a way that I hope I can tell that story tonight uh, because, you know, God is a God of second chances, third chances, and he has certainly given me many opportunities and chances now. I'm a late bloomer. I, I did not get started in the missions field until I was 60 and I was retired uh, in 2008 from public education and teaching. But my heart was always to save the lost. My heart was to save the children. And my background in teaching was health education. And so what it enabled me to do is to protect, defend, educate, and be an advocate for children. And Suurafuyo Ministries meets that need, like you mentioned, you know, and I'll elaborate on that a little bit more later. But uh that's my heart. My heart was to serve the Lord all the days of my life. And um, we never know when those days will end. But uh, I'm going to give my best to the glory of God for all that I have 
in uh, as many days as I have left. Yeah, yeah. You'll probably live to like 120 or something. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, I, I've, I've met very few people that are as optimistic and have as big a smile as you do. So, well, uh, <laughs> thank you. So, you know, if, if it's true that, uh, that, uh, what is it that, that scripture that talks about, uh, a joy, joy, uh, brings healing to the heart, a joyful word or whatever the case. Well, yeah, laughter brings joy to the heart. Yes. <laughs> so, share with us the scripture that Sue Refugio's, um, ministry is based on. Well, you know, the ministry, which is about 15, 16 years old, uh, goes back to, uh, the scripture in James 127, that pure and undefiled religion is serving the widows and the orphans in their time of need. And that's the basis of Sudor Fuyo Ministries. That that scripture always struck me. When I first read that, I, I just was like, whoa, um, there's such a, a, a particular focus on widows and orphans. James says, religion that God our Father finds is pure and faultless is helping widows and orphans. Um, can you speak to that? Like, why is God so specific there in his word uh, about widows and orphans? Well, you take a look at widows and orphans, and they're the most vulnerable, I think. You know, the, the orphans in South America, is it's amazing. You know, with the COVID outbreak and the loss of parents in, um, uh, in Peru, for instance, um, it has left 93,000 children parentless. Whoa. And so uh, the statistics are just 150,000 children are orphaned in uh, Paraguay alone. Um, so you see that more probably in the South American countries and those that were kind of hit hardest with COVID. But even before that, you see a loss of parenting in all three countries. Paraguay, Peru, and Argentina. And many times the uh, the mother of the children are left without an income. And that's something also that Sue Fuyo helps in equipping widows uh, to be self-sufficient and self-sustaining uh, because there's usually not two parents uh, in, a, in a home, in, uh, in Paraguay particularly. Yeah, I, I noticed from the photos um, that when my wife came back from the trip and also um, her stories um, really were that there was not many men around um, uh, or they were off in the city having to try to find work to be able to provide. So the the mother is at home with the kids and she doesn't have the help of, of the husband, hoping that, you know, he can't comes back and gives money or, or resources. But a lot of these women are really fending for themselves. Uh, and it, it, it definitely looks like a, a dire situation in, in many of these cases. Um, and so how many um, mission, uh, how, how many buildings or, or organizations does Sue Refugio have set up currently to be able to help these widows and orphans? Well, let me give you a little breakdown of what that looks like, because um, our emphasis is rescuing, um, and particularly girls who have been abducted, abused, and maybe are out on the street. So in Paraguay, we look to go through the courts and rescue girls to bring them to our Tobati Surafuyo uh, home. And on the grounds of that home, um, we are able at this point in time to house 20 
Uh, plus, we are building uh, some additional homing so that we would be able to home 20, 26 total girls at, at this point in time. Full facility, dining room, kitchen, you know, dormitory accommodations, and full grounds. It's a beautiful facility, and the Lord blessed us greatly with that. Uh, in Peru, it, it's, uh, it's a hunger issue primarily, uh, Kevin. And uh, we find that there is a tremendous amount of, of orphans or children that maybe have one parent. And so our, our focus is really to be able to feed uh, the children. And, and your, um, your wife, uh, Marissa, took part in that feeding process. And uh, there are about 34 million people in Latin America that go hungry about every day. And then thirdly um, is equipping. And as I mentioned to you, we want to equip women, widows, as we, as we say, uh, certainly with skills. And so that skill training goes about um, in all three, actually, uh, Paraguay, Peru, and Argentina. And with that, uh, many of these uh, women are unskilled. And so we, we teach them simple, simple things, business principles, and uh, how to take your baked goods, which they probably do well, and be able to make a living off of that as well. Yeah, so you're not just going down there and giving them, uh, you know, resources. You're actually equipping them to be able to do that on their own. That is correct. Absolutely. Self-independence, self-reliance. You know, most importantly, of course, in each of the three countries, we are sharing God's word and his love. And we come in there with God's love. And that's why we are there is because the Lord has led us to the poor, to the hungry, to those that are incapable of caring for themselves. And so we are equipping uh, the widow and caring for, of course, the, the orphans. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's amazing. Um, I was reading the, the uh, uh, it was a op-ed by uh, an atheist. I, I can't remember his name offhand but it was an amazing uh, op-ed. He basically said that the most significant impact made in Africa among those in poverty was by Christian missionaries. And he said he hated to admit it even, but the fact was that many other organizations, um, government, NGOs, and, and these sorts of things um, would go in and try to bring about change, but they just couldn't do it because they didn't change the way the people think, the, the way the people thought. And uh, I think that's what's so incredible about uh, Christianity and the Bible and Jesus Christ is that uh, the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind um, so that you may be able to assess God's will, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And I think that's so important. And, and that's a lot of a, a lot of I hear it, you know, here here, too. I had a friend who was at a, a local high school. He was in the counseling department. And he said he said, Kevin, listen, I sit in these meetings and they're desperate to figure out how do we help these kids? I mean, this is here in America, right? At the public school. And he mm -hmm. said, and I want to scream out, it's Jesus. Jesus is what changes people. And yet I can't say it. I can't say uh, Jesus. And he mm -hmm. said, they want, they're want they trying to throw money at the situation. They're trying to do all this behavioral change. But the problem is, is that you don't have the heart change. And that's what Jesus Christ does. And uh, and so that's what you're doing uh, in, in ministry you're 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 providing resources you're providing skills but you're also providing 
Jesus Christ, the opportunity to know Christ, which brings about that heart change. Is that, isn't that right? You are absolutely right. You know, and in South America, the door, we found that the gospel door is really wide open. Um, in my opportunities to go door to door and door to door evangelism, people will sit with you for an hour or even longer and listen to the stories of Jesus. Uh, most of the, uh, the people in South America have a cultural religion and that cultural religion isn't a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so consequently, they want to know who Jesus is. And I always, uh, you know, start my conversations by, by asking them, you know, we are all going to die at one point in time in our lives. And if you were to die today, do you know where your eternal destiny would be? And many people in the world, whether it be the United States, South America, or, or other parts of the world, thinks that it's by works and not by the grace of God by a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we're there to share that, that you know, that uh, salvation comes through Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to the father, but by me and for grace, by grace you're saved through faith, mm. not of yourselves, not any uh, any works lest anyone boast. And so yeah. how, how true that is, that there is a hunger, mm. we're able to go into the schools in uh, Paraguay, Peru, and, and of course, we built a school in Argentina, uh, which is a Christian school, which is a light, you know, to the community. And we're able to open the gospel, open the Bible, talk about a person's testimony and share the gospel. And right then and there, uh, lead uh, children, uh, adults uh, to Jesus Christ. So we want to take advantage of that opportunity. I've heard something on the in the notion that there are about 85,000 missionaries. I don't know if that's full-time or short-term. Of course, we're talking about short-term missions work, which, you know, I'm a part of. But, uh, you know, when you take a look at the seven and a half billion people on the earth, uh, 85,000 uh, people doesn't sound like very many are <laughs> sharing the good news and the great joy of who Jesus is. That's right. That's a, uh, one of my favorite scriptures. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's, that's what we're praying for. So so yes. um, if you're listening, uh, Surafugio, uh, it's Surafugio, I, that, that G kills me, but uh, org. if you want to get involved, um, this is a great opportunity. If you just want to get your feet wet, and um, you're like, you know, there, there, there's not this gigantic expectation that you're going to go on the mission field for a month, for a year, for five years. You know, um, who knows how God will move your heart. But uh, if you want to, the opportunity or, or to be a support here back home, um, there's all kinds of ways to be involved. Um, uh, isn't that right, Rick? Yeah, most definitely. You know, I started with the uh, rescue program, which we have in Paraguay. And it is a holistic residential care center, really, uh, for the suffering, abused, and neglected, and primary, and and it is for for girls. And a full scholarship uh, or sponsorship would be three hundred dollars a month to sponsor one one child. But there's also this partial sponsorships of uh, fifty dollars a month. Uh, the feeding program, as I mentioned to you in. Uh, uh, Peru, we have 15 child care centers there. 
And of course, we know that if a body is nurtured, then the mind and the soul can also be nurtured as well. And these are vulnerable children and families. And you can sponsor a child for $30 a month. Um, or you can also, in Argentina, as we built this new school and need supplies and, of course, uh, educational materials and such, there's the opportunity for $40 a month of being able to sponsor and support uh, the work that is being done. And uh, lastly, equipping uh, women uh, for $25 a month, you can help us in equipping women to become self-reliant and self-sufficient. We have an outstanding uh, music program also uh, in Paraguay that uh, certainly a sponsorship of funds can go to, to enhance and enrich young children's lives. Uh, That's fantastic. Tell us about, um, I, you mentioned a, a testimony from a, a or a, a story you had of a, a guy you were able to minister to, uh, I believe his name was Oscar. Can you tell us uh, some of these uh, stories of impact? Yeah, I sure can. You know, this was my very first trip to Paraguay in uh, 2010. You know, I was, I was a rookie, so to speak, right? Going out in the mission field, I mean, I had shared the gospel here in the United States, but not to the degree that you can, you know, over a six, seven day period of time. And so we were in uh, the, uh, the barrio or the community of Luque. And uh, we were just going door to door and we came upon um, to what I found out to be two sisters that were cooking on a fire pit. I mean, that was the extent of their gas range or oven, you know, because most people there, all they have are the very basics like a fire pit. And so I started sharing um, the gospel with them and they were very uh, intuitive and they um, responded well, like, tell me more about Jesus and tell me about how to come to faith uh, in Jesus. And so we uh, introduced Jesus to them, led them to faith in the Lord Jesus and their father was in a small room, uh, kind of off to the side. And, and they said, we want our father to hear about Jesus. And his name was Oscar. And come to find out, Oscar was an alcoholic. He had been al an alcoholic for probably 35, 40 years. His liver was failing. Mm. And they knew it. And yet they couldn't get any kind of health care for him. And so they went in to look upon him while he was sleeping. So they came back out and they said, can you come back uh, tomorrow? And I said, most assuredly, we can come back. And, uh, and we did. And I had a translator with me um, as we went into this very dark, it couldn't have been more than a 10 by 10 room, uh, Kevin. And there was an essence of, and I've been around death before. And so I know a little bit of what that feels like. And there was an essence of this dark death feeling that just uh, the room was dark. There was a little small window. And so I went in and, and the daughters were there with me and a translator. And I started just sharing with them why I was there, you know, that God loves you and I've come to share his love with you. And there was very little mu movement. At first I thought he was, uh, he was sleeping, but um, come to find out there was, he was listening. And so as I shared more and more, 
um, his eyes began to open. And with that, there was just the essence in him going from this uh, kind of uh, countenance of though he was just giving up on life to there might be some hope. And so the more I shared, the, the, his eyes became open and wide. And then we, I got to the point, I said, you know, Oscar, uh, this could be the very last day of your life. And I would not want to see you for all eternity be separated from God. Would you like to come to God through his son, Jesus Christ, and experience the joy, the hope, and the life eternal? And uh, he did not mumble anything, but he shook his head, and his countenance was, um, it was, there was life. You could tell there was life in his bones. And so we prayed to him. And as I was praying, I was noticing there was a light or illumination in the room. And there was this little window. And by the grace of God, I believe it was through the Holy Spirit that this light came into his room as he accepted Christ as his Savior mm. and acknowledged him as Jesus, the Lord of his life. And that was a joyous moment uh, for all of us. His liver was failing. We were able to get a, a uh, get some medical attention for him to help him get to a hospital. I, I don't know, Kevin, how much more life he had or whether he was able to get to the hospital. But the one true thing that I look forward to is seeing him in heaven one day as his eternity was sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's so fantastic. Uh, praise God. You know, and that's the that's the awesome thing is that this is an opportunity. Uh, if you're listening and you've never been involved in missions, this is an opportunity to see God work um, through you, around you, uh, to be involved in making an eternal difference. Uh, if you look around at your life and you think to yourself, wow, you know, I'm not really making that big of a difference or I want to make more of a difference. I want to make more of an impact. Uh, this is a wonderful ministry to be involved with. Uh, Bible-believing Christians that um, are there to provide uh, physical help, to, to provide um, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to really nurture people into a long-term, um, uh, you know, healthy situation, and uh, healthy spiritually and physically. And um, so, Rick, um, tell us a little bit more about your own testimony, because I think some people, you know, they they think, they might be thinking, you know, I'm just not a good enough person or I'm not on track or my background is awful. If you knew my background, you'd know I'm not, I'm not good for the mission field. And um, it's always encouraging to hear that, Hey, um, everybody falls short of the glory of God. It's not us that, that it, it, the, the good things that happen aren't dependent on us. It's God working through us. Can you share more with us about your background and, and encourage some people that they too can get involved? Well, yes, Kevin, and I think I mentioned earlier, you know, that I walked with Jesus for 13 years. I walked away from the gospel for 13 years till I hit rock bottom. And that was actually living out of my car and being homeless. And the Lord in his grace and mercy never let go of me. And with that, I came back to Jesus. And it was actually through my sister who brought me into her house, loved on me and said, you know, the God that we serve and the God that we love is one that gives second chances. So with that, coming back to the Lord, the Lord had to retool me. And I had had careers in the YMCA and 
uh, financial services, but my heart was always in teaching. And so I went back and uh, began um, uh, going through training for teaching and got into the classroom taught for 25 years. So about a year before I was to uh, retire, and I had uh, totally um, submitted myself and surrendered my will and my ways to the Lord for the rest of my life. I said, Lord, how would you have, yeah, how would you use me? You know, and, and he equips us. Uh, we don't always come into this thing equipped. You know, although I had teaching experience and uh, was an educator, the one thing I had never been is uh, certainly a missionary in any kind of fam, uh, way. And so he took my gifts and talents, but more importantly, Kevin, he took my heart because my heart was to see that the lost were saved, that the hungry were fed, that the orphan had an advantage of hope in their lives. And it was in 2008, as I mentioned uh, once before, that um, I, re I was able to retire. And my first steps were actually with Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child. And I had the opportunity to go to Ecuador as my first missions trip, of which we uh, distributed uh, gospel opportunity shoeboxes. And that's where I really saw um, life as it really is. You know, our lives here in the United States are, and God bless, you know, America for what the Lord has given to us. But when you see the physical poverty and the social injustices and the emotional traumas and the widespread spiritual emptiness in children as well as adults' hearts and lives, God touches you in that in that soft spot. And he touched me uh, in my heart for the things that he, he breaks his heart. And that's when I started on my journey. And we were in a small group uh, uh, and at uh, Maranatha Chapel, actually, at that time, and Scott and Michelle Cabandal, who are the founders of Sugura Fubio Ministry, were our group leaders. And so we watched, and it was that 15 years ago, as the Lord put together Sugura Fubio. And the more we could see how God was at work and the faithfulness of Scott and Michelle, the more my heart became tender and that's when I stepped into the story of Sura Fuyo. That's wonderful. And, um, you know, just for those people who I, I it, it's funny because um, not too long ago, I was looking into, um, I don't know if you know this, the testimony of this guy, uh, Robert Robinson, he wrote, come thou fount of every blessing. And um, this is ages ago, but he, he was a young man when he um, got saved around 20 or so. He became a pastor, but then he completely fell away from God. And he had already written a song. He wrote the song while he became a pastor. He completely walked away from God. And it's, it's a, a crazy story. But basically, um, he was in a, in a carriage with a woman, and she started to talk to him, kind of like a taxi cab uh, carriage. And she started to talk to him about this song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And he, she didn't know that he wrote it. And uh, she said, isn't this such a wonderful song? And he tried to change the subject because uh, he wasn't walking with the Lord. And she, she kept persisting. What do you think about this song? Isn't it a great song? And finally, he said, I'm the poor soul that wrote that song. And I wish I could get back to where I was. And she says to him, um, 
sir, God's mercies are never ending. And if, and he turns his heart back over to the Lord and then continues following the Lord. And, mm. um, and I'm sure, um, you know, you're not the only one that's, that's gone through that, but, um, what would you say to the person right now who, who was walking with the Lord, but they're kind of a prodigal at this point, they're, they're, they're in that part where they're not walking with the Lord, they're walking away from God. And, um, they haven't, you know, for whatever reason, they're, they're in a place, uh, where they're just not in tune with the Lord. Uh, is there anything that you can, that you can share to encourage that person, um, thinking back to where you were at that one, at that point in time in your own life? You know, we, we serve such a gracious God that, uh, that if you have been saved by his grace, that you, he never leaves you, of course. And, uh, and you really never leave him. You know, I found in my prodigal years that the Lord continued to hold on to me and bring, bring me signs and wonders that I would acknowledge for a short period and then go back into the ways of the world. The, where, the world is not attractive at all, but I thought at that time, well, my failure in my faith, of course, in, in my walk away from the Lord was that I stopped reading the word of God, which is the nourish, nourishment for your soul. I stopped fellowshipping and worshiping. And I, I walked in a way that was just really contrary to all the things as Christians that we should do, you know, praying, reading his word in fellowship. Uh, going to church and being of service to him. I think one of the things, uh, Kevin, that I really learned in those years of being a prodigal is that, um, and I think what struck me was uh, a quote by Jim Elliott. You know, we, we know Jim Elliott was martyred uh, in Ecuador, actually, and um, gave his life um, for the gospel. And uh, I'll never forget that quote. I've hung on to it all my life. And he, he said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Mm -hmm. To give means to serve. And I think uh, in, in my life, I have really, that's really resonated in me, is that service unto the Lord will keep you humble, right? Mm -hmm. it, it kept me humble after the devastation that I experienced in losing everything because I lost my family, my finances, and my future during that time. But praise God for a God that revives, restores, renews, and we can rejoice in. And so for those of you, if you have walked away from the Lord, my encouragement this day is come back now. Don't wait another moment. Don't waste another moment. Don't give up on the Lord or give up on yourself, but you need to fully surrender. I think one of the things, Kevin, that I've really, really learned in uh, missions work is the full surrender um, uh, philosophy or the full surrendering of yourself. I struggle with that all the time, you know, and we struggle uh, with pride as, uh, you know, living, I think here in America as well, because we have so much. So what are you going to give unto the Lord? Well, I'm going to give my all. I'm going to give everything that I have in terms of my time, my talents, and my treasures. And if you haven't done that, my encouragement is you do that. Because I'll tell you, there is so much joy that the Lord has in store for you as you humbly walk with him and serve him as he would call you. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's something that more people need to hear, you know, I think um, because we can condemn ourselves. Uh, we can be condemned by the devil. We can be condemned by our peers. But Jesus Christ said in John 3, 17, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And uh, it's very easy to lose sight of God's mercy and grace. And the fact of the matter is, is that the Bible says that our righteous acts are as filthy, filthy rags. So so the reality is, is it doesn't matter whether you, you thought you were perfect or not, or you're, you think you're, you're doing good morally, or you think you're doing bad morally. The reality is, is that we need Christ regardless of where we're at. But, but what we have to do is have the mental attitude, the mindset uh, uh, to think like Christ, that our, that our sufficiency is in him, not in ourselves and on our own moral, you know, our own moral accolades. Uh, and uh, I just, I think that's a wonderful testimony you have, um, as painful as it probably was for you. But um, I'm sure that when you get the opportunity to share that, that's a big blessing to the people to know, hey, God can move in me. And it's all throughout the scriptures too, right? It's, right. it's in the, the stories are all over the place for us. And yet we forget them so easily and yes. uh, end up feeling uh, guilty, shameful, and, and worthless. And yeah. uh, we just have to put our worth in Christ. So that's Amen. wonderful. Um, you know, something you mentioned, you mentioned the um, Jim Elliott quote. And yes. um, I think earlier when I was speaking to you, you, you said that actually one of the uh, natives that came to Christ through um, Jim and Elizabeth Elliott's ministry, they actually were one of your leaders. Can you share with us uh, about that? Yeah. On our last night there in Ecuador, we had the opportunity to meet uh, Min Kai. Uh, who is who was one of the Wawrani warriors, and actually, um, he is the one that threw the spear and killed Nate Saint, one of the oh five men. Oh that is crazy. Yeah, but you know the story is that Elizabeth Elliot followed her husband Jim um, after his death, right, and lived there uh, along with I think uh, some of the other wives of the um, the killed. Uh, uh, missionaries and uh you know her quote is is miraculous because there is nothing worth living for unless it is worth dying for is what she said so when we had the opportunity of hearing min kai and the transformation of what god had done in his life it was just life-changing uh, i'll tell you you saw the mercy the love the grace and the redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ as he talked about the new life that he had in Christ, leaving old things behind, straining for things, as Paul said ahead. You know, I press on towards the goal. And you could really see in his heart, his life, his speech, um, the, 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 the fact of the matter that he had been born again of the Spirit and now he was working in the Amazon jungles to spread the gospel and to share the good news gospel opportunity shoeboxes with children. And it was just such a delight and uh, just life changing to see a man who was on the opposite end. I mean, his life was in darkness and the Lord came to him through the missionary, the women missionaries that were there. And he was redeemed. And that's such a blessing. That just spoke to me that no one is ever too lost for the Lord to redeem. Wow. 
so if, if you're listening and you haven't heard that story before, it's a pretty famous story. Um, Jim Elliott uh, and his uh, a few of his friends um, went to reach uh, a tribe that was isolated completely from the outside world. And they thought they were making progress. They were dropping gifts from a plane. And when they went, when they touched down and went to go and for the first time meet the people in the tribe, um, they were killed. Uh, they were they were spears were thrown at them and they were killed. And so um, so what Rick is talking about here is he actually had the opportunity to talk with one of the men who actually killed one of the missionaries who became a Christian because the wives of those men who were killed went back and yeah. continued the missionary work. They weren't killed and they were able to lead many people to Christ. And now this this man is now sharing the gospel in the Amazon. That yes. that story is is so mind blowing. It is truly the the power of God, the power of Christ, um, to take something so dramatically painful and evil and devastating and turn it around, turn it around for good. Um, and yet, this is what God has been doing throughout history um, with people all over the world. And that can only come from a supernatural love. Um, because how can a woman love somebody who murdered her husband, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's just unreal. Yeah, uh, it was. Pretty amazing. Yes, sir. It surely was. And I I think each and every one of us that was there to experience that uh, saw his humility, um, which really was a, an expression of his servanthood unto the Lord. And... Uh, there were many weeping, including myself, uh, as he made that presentation, because it's the spirit of God working in and through you that you really feel that touch of the Lord. And we certainly felt touched that night. Wow. Um, and then tell us about the Martinez girls. Yeah, be delighted to tell you about the Martinez girls. They are some of our favorites uh, on our first uh, trip to uh, on my first trip, actually, uh, to Paraguay, uh, my wife and I looked at sponsoring an, uh, a group of, uh, well, a, a child or children. And this happened to be three, the Martinez girls at the uh, that time, I think were ages eight, five, and three. And they came from a very neglected home life. Uh, there might've been some abuse there, you know, uh, along the way as well. But they were given to us by the courts, of course. And, and through the courts, of course, we have a psychologist and a social worker. We work with attorneys, you know. So we really do the vetting and make sure that these girls um, are in the best of care and bringing them to Suurafuyo Ministry. So 2008, after starting to sponsor them, I had to the chance of meeting them. And uh, to my delight, you know, they were they were a bit shy because uh, strangers and particularly men probably were not their favorite uh, at that point in time, favorite people to, to meet. But one of the things that we were able to do for them is, of course, provide an enriched, um, safe environment. That word safe is very critical. Uh, nurturing and a gospel opportunity for them to live in a home where they did not have to live with fear. 
right? Mm. And we know so many of the children that come to us through Sugarafuyo have come fearfully because of the abuse, the abduction, being sex trafficked or whatever that, you know, whatever that would look like in their lives. But they were both on a uh, first grade uh, uh, educational level. And of course, we had the wonderful opportunity of having a woman there, a former teacher from Poway, California, that lived there at Suerfuyo. And she started in the educational process with them and accelerated the program. And which uh, to this day, they are now, uh, of course, uh, that's uh, 13 years uh, later, right? Yeah. Uh, they have graduated uh, from uh, school, high school, and are now um, earning psychology degrees um, at the university um, there in uh, Asuncion. So uh, the life changing and life uh, you know, the, the other wonderful thing is that their conditions changed at home. And so the girls in actually 2015 uh, went back to live with their biological mother. Uh, mm -hmm. That always happened. But when that, you know, when that does happen, we applaud and thank God for being able to restore the family unit back together. Uh, that's when they started uh, attending he Heaven's Kingdom Christian School. And uh, what a joy it is to see them. You know, one of the, the great joys too, Kevin, was that in two th 2016, it was my wife's first and only uh, missions trip. And she chose to go to uh, Paraguay to see our godchildren. And uh, they, they look at us as being their godparents, right? And uh, they didn't speak very much English at that time. My wife doesn't speak Spanish. I don't speak very much. Um, and one of the, the moments I will never forget is when we got on the bus and the three girls were on the bus at the time. And uh, one of the oldest, uh, her eyes caught my wife's eyes. And it was just like a heartstring, heart to heart. My wife went to sit with her. And not a word was spoken, nor did a word need to be spoken, because there was joy in both hearts, and the joy of the Lord connected them together. And it was just an amazing and wonderful opportunity for my wife to be touched by God and uh, to be touched there with their with our godchildren. So, yeah, yeah, they are doing well, and it's a very big success story, and I so pleased to report, you know. Uh, do kids, do kids, Rick, um, ever grow up and then begin to uh, invest in the ministry themselves? Do you ever see that happening? Is it has it been around long enough? Yeah. Yeah, we we most definitely do. That the children that grow up, in fact, we're doing a kind of a transitioning program now for those that are still and around Suarefuya. Uh, we're trying to find that place of housing where they can be of uh, benefit as well to Sudafuyo and Paraguay um, and uh, continue to grow, of course, in their fifth uh, Christian faith as well as their education. And so uh, that is transitioning and happening, and we're delighted to put our efforts in that direction now. Now, if somebody wants to actually be involved in mission work, if they want to actually go with you on a trip, are there opportunities that are coming up uh, sometime soon for people to get involved? There are all, always opportunities to get involved. In fact, uh, 
Kevin, if you probably know that we have a, a Christian Unified uh, trip coming up just for Christian Unified students, 15 students, I think four or five teachers uh, that will be going to Potterguay. Uh, it will not be one of our design trips. They'll be actually going on their own, uh, but we've got accommodations for them and they'll be working in the schools. They'll be being mentored and they'll have a, an opportunity to go and meet and work with the children at Subarafuyo. But we do have uh, three trips coming up this summer. Um, you can go on the website and take a, a look at those. Um, the one to Paraguay will be uh, late June into July. They're usually eight day trips. Uh, the next one will be to Peru in August, I think around August 1st for, through the 9th. And then the other trip to Argentina will be um, in October. Um, so there is, uh, yeah, there's ample room. We are doing a informational meeting in February uh, which is also posted uh, on our website. And so we just encourage encourage everybody. And we've had families go on these trips as well and see the amazing things God's done in the hearts of children who come with their parents and what a life-changing experience it is for the family mm. uh, as well. So that's I a love that. encouragement. I do too. And I, I hope to see you on a trip, you know. Now that your <laughs> wife has been there, your yeah. son has been there. It's time <laughs> to get you there, right? Yeah, yeah. And I got my two daughters. My two daughters, they, they, uh, I'm sure that they would love to be able to do that too. So, um, God willing, that is going to happen. So, yeah. Um, for, for those of you listening, surafuyo.org is the website. If you want to check out more information, uh, fantastic opportunity to get involved and, um, really to see God work in wonderful ways. And, uh, and are there longer term mission opportunities also, if, um, or is it just the short term mission trips? Right now, it, uh, to my knowledge, uh, but you might inquire about that. Scott and Michelle Cabando could help you in that way um, to take a look. Uh, you know, as I mentioned to you, one of uh, our, our good friends, uh, short term turning into a long term uh, missionary was Charlotte Mischler who retired from public education and then went to live there um, at Suderfuyo in uh, a teaching capacity, ministering to uh, the girls and, and youth at large as well. So there could be other opportunities. You know, we never contain God uh, in any kind of way. We just That's keep right. the door open and explore. His will is always better than our will. His thoughts are always better than our thoughts. So we like that and we keep the door open for that. That's great. Yeah. Well, Rick, I've really enjoyed uh, this opportunity to talk to you and just hear your story and everything you're doing. It's it's so fantastic. And I just feel blessed um, to know you and, and uh, to know about Sue Refugio. So uh, thank you so much. Well, you are so welcome. And like I said, it's been a privilege to be able to uh, share a little bit of Sue Refugio. There's so much more and that's why I encourage people to get involved, uh, because once you look at getting involved, God will touch your heart. But the first step has to be yours. As we know, unto salvation, our first step was towards the cross, right? Behold, I stand at the door, you know, of your heart and knock. And we see that and, and say that in short-term missionary. 
uh, work is that uh, God is knocking on hearts. He knows, like you said, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Mm. So we are looking, of course, as uh, in these short times, right? Uh, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And we know that in these times we live, we need more gospel missionaries going out and being equipped by the Lord. And that's, uh, I think, the biggest thing, Kevin, is that I see a lot of people feel like they have to come into this thing equipped. No, it's God that does the equipping, not ourselves. We bring our talents and gifts and treasures, but it's him and him alone. And, you know, he, uh, the, the scripture says that we are to go and make disciples, right? And you can do that in your own little uh, Judea here and san diego or you can go to the far corners of the earth but you as uh, as you well know that we are to go or we are to be senders or we are to be givers of people that do go and you know mm -hmm. i have to just thank my support team over this last 15 years because they have been my prayer supporters and they have been supporters that have gotten me there um to Paraguay, Peru, and Argentina. I've been blessed to go to each one of those countries. The most, uh, most of my visits have been to Paraguay. Hmm. Well, that is wonderful. Okay, well, thanks for those of you who have uh, tuned in and been able to hear Rick's story. I, I hope you were blessed and encouraged. I hope you do get involved. We've got a lot of uh, shows coming up scheduled uh, in the rest of uh, December and on into uh, January here in 2024. We've got Dr. Douglas Petrovich. He's a biblical archaeologist. We're going to be talking about Nimrod in the Bible. This is pretty incredible. He believes mm. he knows what the first language ever spoken was before the Tower of Babel. Pretty unbelievable. We also have Chloe Cole, who's going to be on this whole huge, uh, sad uh, tragedy of people um, getting involved in um, transgender operations. She's somebody who went through that and regrets it and shares why it shouldn't be happening. Um, so that's a big social issue that's going on that we're going to be discussing and uh, just talking about um, so that you can share with your friends. And then we've got some other great shows coming up with, uh, we're going to have Dr. Russ Humphreys on again. Uh, we're going to have uh, Dr. Tim Clary on again, talking about the ice age and dinosaurs and also Dr. Ron Neller from uh, Creation Ministries International. So thanks for being here. Um, there's all kinds of resources on my website, educateforlife.org, and please visit subrefugio.org also for more information on um, the ministry and how to be involved. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thanks.